Welcome to Off The Record. I'm your host, Marika Day, dietitian, nutritionist, recovering perfectionist, and founder of Fueled by Marika Day. Join me here each week as we delve into what it really means to be a healthy and happy human. You'll hear from conversations with experts in their fields to raw and real chats about aspects of health and life that we really don't hear enough about. You'll be left feeling inspired, educated, and empowered to be the best version of you. So sit back, relax, or head on out for your walk, and let's dive on in. Hey everyone, welcome back. Happy hump day, unless you're not listening to this when it is released and therefore it's not hump day, but welcome back to Off The Record. I was just thinking as I was recording that just then that I bet you you can probably tell when I'm in a good mental space and when I'm not. I feel like my podcasts either start with a lot of energy or they start with like a welcome back. So anyway, good news is that I'm feeling good and we are going to talk about health today. (laughs) Very broad and ambiguous topic. But um, what we're speaking about specifically today is, and I love it when I say we're speaking about, it's me and whoever's listening. So I'm really talking about having a conversation with you, I was going to say in your living room, but you might be out on a walk or doing some work or whatever you're doing. Um, But we are, you and I are having a conversation today about how we can redefine health, but also I guess more importantly than redefining it is we can work out what does health mean to us so what does health mean to you so this episode is really about um, defining health for you because I think it is really important that you do take the time to consider the definition of health for you as an individual and then maybe if you do have um, family as well so if you've got children or um, parents that you're looking after or grandparents Um, considering that for some of your close relationships as well because obviously the people around us are very important to us as well. One of the reasons that I believe it is so important that we ask ourselves this question, so the question being what does it mean to be healthy to me, is that we have so many people pulling us in all sorts of directions when it comes to our health. Like the health and well-being sector is like a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, so there's a lot of money pulling you in lots of different directions. But also aside from you know mass marketing and everything, we've got health professionals, we've got family, we've got friends. Everybody's got an opinion on what health means. And of course, there is, you know, scientific definitions around health and there's scientific ways and medical ways that we can think about health. But the way that I see health, it is much more broad than some numbers. And that's what this episode is about, is sort of working out what that is and giving you some really practical tools that you can sort of take away from this episode and think about what that definition of health is for you so that you can then work towards it and making sure that you are working towards the things that are important to you as a person as opposed to the things that other people will tell you is important. So of course we do have lots of ways to measure our health and so if you go to like your GP one of the things if you ask them to do like a health checkup so a few of the things that they'll do is take your blood pressure maybe do a blood test to have a look at your cholesterol levels look at your heart rate 
Um, God forbid they might get you on the scales, but we all know that that's not necessarily the best indicator of health. And again, why one of these, one of the reasons why we're having this conversation, but what the GP is going to do is going to look at some numbers and make conclusions about what your picture of health is based on numbers. Now, some of these numbers are incredibly valid and we do have really good research behind looking at some of these numbers and their implications for health. And so this typically falls in like the, I guess, cardiometabolic field of health. So that's looking at your cardiovascular system and your metabolic system. And so, like I said, that might be like your cholesterol levels, your blood sugar levels, blood pressure, heart rate. These things we do know have an impact on our health. Weight, I'm going to push out of that because there is not a lot of research that shows that weight directly has an impact on health because when we take out, when we include other health promoting behaviors, it's not as big of an impact. So we're not going to talk about that um, so much here. If you're actually wanting to learn more about that, I highly recommend going and listening to um, the podcast episode on BMI. Um, That one will help you out with decoding that a little bit more. Now, the other thing that people will say when it comes to what is health is that health is the absence of disease. So it means being healthy in that you haven't been diagnosed with any conditions or that you haven't got you know any chronic illness. And I agree and strongly disagree at the same time. So, I mean, I feel like I'm that, that person that's always like, well, it depends. Um, so yes, of course, we all want to be in an ideal world, free from disease and free from chronic illness. Like that is, I think, something that most people, like if you value health, I'd be shocked if you didn't say that, you know, I want to minimize my risk of chronic illness and disease. So yeah, I I do agree with that, but I think that we can't define our health by the absence of disease because health is so much more than the presence of disease. And so the way that I view health and the way that we view it in Fueled is that Health is not necessarily something that you achieve. Like it's not like a tick box, like, you know, your blood pressure is this number. That must mean that you're healthy or you are free from disease. So that must mean that you're healthy. The way that I personally view health and I'm sort of offering this up to you and you can take it or leave it is that health is more about a set of behaviors as opposed to um, a checkbox that you need to tick. So it's something that you might do on a daily, a weekly, monthly, biannual, annual basis, rather than a point that you arrive at. So it's more like a state of being as opposed to um, an outcome. And so this way of viewing health really means that you can be healthy or at least working towards health regardless of your current state of disease or illness. So I want to explain this with a bit of an example. And I think a really good example as well is the episode that we did with um, Nicole Cooper talking about cancer. She has a really good example of this. So if you want to learn more about being healthy during the process of cancer, highly recommend going back to that episode. But the example I'm going to use is very similar to Nicole's in that 
Let's say that you have been diagnosed with cancer or some form of chronic illness. If you are running by that narrow definition of health where it's being free of disease, then you would be sitting there thinking, well, I'm unhealthy. Like almost like I give up, I resign, I'm unhealthy. Like what's the point? I've you know, not achieved what I wanted to achieve and everything that I've done was not worth it because I got X disease or I got X condition. And I disagree again. <laughs> what I like to think about in these situations where there is chronic illness is thinking about the opportunity to be able to engage in health promoting activities. Now, when I say health promoting activities, I don't explicitly mean eating well and exercising. And as we'll go into later on in this podcast, we'll go through some of those sort of pillars and foundations of health. But I would say that it's about thinking about what you can do during these experiences. So, for example, in the case of cancer, you know, being healthy in the face of cancer might be about eating enough during your treatment to help you maintain weight. It might be about finding a way to move that is possible for you. It might be about seeking out the appropriate care that you need. It might be reaching out for a supportive community to have around you to provide you with that social health. There are so many different ways that we can engage with health in the face of a major, major illness and a major diagnosis. So I I really don't agree with the notion that being healthy means that you're free of disease because I think it's almost a bit demoralizing to label ourselves like that. Um, And also really unrealistic because we probably all at some point in our life will be diagnosed with some sort of illness. Like, I mean, God, if you go through your entire life and you live like a long age and long age, you live a long life and have never been diagnosed with a condition, man, wow, you're lucky. I'm going to give another example of this and the example is myself. So I've been diagnosed throughout my life with many conditions. Um, so currently I would say that the sort of three that I've been diagnosed with in the last sort of 10 years are um, celiac disease, generalized anxiety disorder, and polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now they are three fairly common conditions, relatively common conditions, fairly impactful, I guess, on our health, depending on how you are defining health. But Again, the way I like to see it is that regardless of what diagnosis that I am given doesn't determine if I'm a healthy individual or not. Like I will not let that diagnosis define my state of health. So I strongly believe that I can be a healthy individual with generalized anxiety disorder, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, with celiac disease, even though these are fairly large health conditions, obviously not as large as, you know, something like a, um, as a cancer diagnosis or any, uh, life threatening condition. That's obviously a a very different realm, but regardless of whether it is a life threatening condition, I think that we still can choose health in the face of that. I want to be clear as well that I'm not saying that you have to choose to pursue health. Um, we obviously cannot change people's inherent values like that's not something that I have the choice to be able to do and I would never expect to but some people will 
innately choose to value their health and others will innately choose to value other things and not value their health. So an example might be some people choose to value the health of the environment and go out of their way to make sure that they are doing things that are good for the environment. Whereas there are other people in the world who just don't give a shit about the environment and it's not even like, you know, recycling is not even an afterthought for them. So that's not necessarily something that we can change easily. I'm going to say easily because I think that with education, we can help people make informed decisions about what might be of value to them. So for example, if you didn't realize that caring about the environment meant that your future generations might not exist because of global warming, you might then, you know, revalue and reprioritize your life accordingly. So I think the same for any sort of values is that with some level of understanding and education, people might change the way that they think about things. But I don't think we should ever be putting pressure on people to force them to live in a certain way. So if you are sitting there being like, well, I've been diagnosed with X, Y and Z and I don't give a shit. I just I don't care and I don't want to think about engaging in a healthy life or a healthy community or a healthy mental state or anything like that. That's so fine. Like you ultimately get to make your own choices. And this is something that I am incredibly passionate about is providing people with the option to make their own decisions because like I said earlier is I think that there is so much pressure from everybody that you have to be doing something a certain way and you have to be focusing on this because they said so. Whereas my approach is a little bit more hands-off. It's like, okay, here here's the spread of options. Here's the things that might, you know, make you feel better or might make you just trying to think of examples here. Anyway, point is that if you don't value your health, I'm not judging. Anyway, I digress. So the episode today is really about helping you to sit down and work out what does health look like for you. And what I'm going to go through is go through some of the pillars of health so that you can start to tease out and think about your definition of health and then move through life in a more purposeful manner. Now, if you have never sat down and thought about this before, then that's okay. There is no better time than now, regardless of your age. So whether you're 99 or you are 19 and regardless of your current health status as well. So regardless, if you're like, I have had the worst diet, I've not exercised my entire life. I have many conditions, like whatever you think your health is currently, that does not mean that you can't start to think about it moving forward. And I think that if anything, that's a really great time to start thinking about it is because sometimes it takes, you know, health crises for us to then realize, oh shit, well, that actually is kind of important to me because you see what the cost is, um, potentially financially, but as well as the impact on your life or the life of others around you as well. So in order to do this, I'm going to run through a few different aspects um, or pillars of health. Um, and then within these aspects, there is, I guess, flexibility, flexibility, I can't talk, to define health for you because we are all different and we do have different priorities in life. And one of the reasons why I believe that this exercise is so important is because I mentioned earlier is that, you know, mass marketing and the media and people in general are going to try and pull us in their direction of health because either they're making money for it from it 
or they think that that's best for you because it's what's best for them. Now, this is something that, again, I'm so passionate about. And this is when I was in the vision stage of creating Fueled, um, both the like thinking about the brand as a whole, but the program as well. What I really wanted to emphasize in pretty much everything that we share and create. So be it from the recipes to the information to the social content, like all of those things is that it's not about telling you what health looks like. It's not about telling you what the perfect diet is because we all know that doesn't exist. Rather, the way that I see my job as part of Fueled is to show you all of the different ways that you can work towards being a healthier and happier person and to support you in that journey and to do so without shame and helping remove, I guess, the bullshit and the confusing mixed messages that we do get in the online world and not the real life world as well. So that then you can sort of step away and make a really informed decision about what is best for you. So this is really my approach to health. This is the fueled approach to health. And this is the way that I believe, and this is my belief I'm putting onto you. No, I'm not putting onto you. I'm just saying that um, this is the way that I think that you should think about it because this way is incredibly inclusive in that it's saying, okay, here are our pillars of health and here are ways for you to sit back and go, what's important to me. So it's not really me telling you, it's me giving you options. So the way I see health is that there are four key pillars involved in health. And I'm going to go through more than four because you can add on as many as you really wish to this. But for the key pillars that I believe health plays a role in is our social health, our mental or emotional health, our physical health and our environmental health. So I think these four pillars are like building blocks of health. But we can easily bump that in with also financial health and spiritual health. And again, you might even see definitions of health that include things like occupational health and um, intellectual health. And I think that they are also important. Um, And in particular, financial health is a really important one because if we don't have access to... um, financial stability in that we can't afford to pay for our own healthcare, we can't afford to purchase food, we can't afford housing, then it is going to have a massive impact on all of our other areas of health. So by me not including that in my top four is not through a lack of um, representation of the importance of it. It's more so through a, um, it's out of my scope to try and help you improve that. (laughs) Um, That is something that is obviously an ongoing challenge for the entire world like socioeconomic status has a huge impact on our health and well-being and we cannot discount that and I'm not trying to discount that I think that it's so important but it's not something that I can directly change is your financial status so I'm going to start with social health now social health refers to the health of I guess our interpersonal relationships and our health within our community so do we have healthy relationships and are we part of a community 
Now, this is actually something that has a strong predictor on our mortality. So on our lifespan, essentially, if we are not in part of healthy communities, if we don't feel like that we've got social contribution and social support, we are actually less likely to live as long. So it does play a really big, important, big and important role in our overall health and well-being. So there's a few aspects when it comes to social health. So we've got like our social integration or feeling part of a community or feeling part of society, our social contribution. So this is like your individual value within that society or within that community. And then we also have like our social um, coherence or our social, you know, our ability to interact among that uh, among that group or that community. And I'd also add in there the feeling of um, support among that community as well. So feeling like that somebody else has your back if something happens or even if something doesn't happen, you just know that there's people around you to support you. So that's social health. And the as we go through each of these, I want you to write down Um, If you've got a pen and paper or even just in your notes on your phone, if you're out for a walk and if you're in, if you're commuting, if you're driving, then obviously please don't do that. Um, But maybe come back to the episode later and write it down. So what I want you to think about with your social health is what are you doing in terms of social health at the moment? And then what are the things that would mean that you feel that you are contributing to your social health? So what for you would that look like? And I'm going to give you some examples. So it might be about joining a pottery group or a drawing group, going to a yoga class or a dance class. It might be volunteering or traveling and meeting people. It might be being part of like the Surf Life Saving Club or it might be being part of a run club. It might be participating and engaging in discussions within your community. And when I say community, I don't necessarily mean like your physical community, like your suburb. Your community is, I guess, your people is the best way to describe it. So, for example, for me, I would describe you guys as my community. So I feel like I get my social part of my social um, health from being able to feel like I contribute to my community in this forum that I'm doing right now. So this is part of my health is doing this podcast. Um, So having a think about the ways that you can do that. And then even further thinking about your relationships within that community. So are you feeling supported? Do you have people that you can call when things shit hits the fan? Um, You know, How can you foster those friendships and those relationships? Where can you go to meet new people like that? And I should say with all of this that it's not easy. Like particularly as an adult, meeting new people is not easy. And particularly meeting people who you feel like that are really your people and that they feel like your community, your tribe. Um, But ultimately... It is worth doing. And I speak from somebody. (laughs) I'm going to tell you a a funny side story here, which is not funny. It's kind of depressing, but it is funny now. I went to my psychologist, the the first, I think it was the first psychologist I went to down here in Sydney. And this was after being in Sydney for probably about a year. 
and I had just been working my butt off. I really hadn't gotten out and engaged in the community. I hadn't really made many friends. My partner was away for work a lot that year. So I pretty much had just done everything myself and my family are not super close. So we don't call all the time or anything. And I remember I went to my psychologist and I said to her, I was like, all right, I think I'm depressed. I've got like, I, I just feel really shit, but I, I just, I just can't work out what's going on. And she, she asked me all of these questions as they do. And she said to me, um, she's like, who do you turn to? Like when, when things, you know, fall apart. And I was like, I work it out myself. And she's like, well, that's not, that's not ideal. I was like, no, 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 I work it out myself. It's fine. Like, I, I'm good. I'm good by myself. Like I, I know. And sorry, I, I should give credit to my partner here. He, he and I are one. So he's included in this. Um, but I, I, I said to her, I was like, you know, I don't go outside to, you know, anyone else. I don't sort of share my problems with the world. I don't share anything with anyone. Um, obviously I've come a long way sitting here sharing this with you on a podcast, but I, I distinctly remember saying to her, like, I'm good on my own. I don't need anyone. And she literally like, <laughs> she didn't say anything at the time, but we, we, we literally look back and laugh at it now. We're just like, she's like, do you remember that time when you told me that you didn't need anyone? And now I have such an amazing group of friends and I feel really supported and really able to be vulnerable with my friends and trust my friends and everything. So definitely come a long way, but just showing you that as somebody who very much was like, I got this, I can do this on my own, strong, independent woman. Um, you still need social connection and social interaction. So what can you do to um, engage in that more? Now, emotional health and mental health, I find a bit tricky to define and I'm not going off um, strict definitions for this. So please don't try and quote me on any of this. This is my personal definitions of these aspects. But for me, mental health and emotional health is not so much, again, about the absence of mental health conditions or, you know, being happy all of the time. That's not what mental or emotional health is about. To me, mental and emotional health is about being able to, I guess, ride with the waves of mental and emotional health and well-being. So it's being able to accept that, yeah, you'll have times when you're happy, but you'll also have times when you're stressed. You'll also have times when you are incredibly sad you'll also have times when you're really angry like accepting that all emotions come and then I'd also add into that um, some things like resilience so um, working towards being a resilient um, person so building up our ability to face trauma adversity stresses obviously these things are still going to have a significant impact on us but working towards having an increased resilience um, and an increased self-awareness as well is the other thing that I put into a, um, a mental and emotional health. So things that you can ask yourself in this category are firstly, are you happy with where you are or I guess the trajectory that you're on in this point? Because again, it's not so much about the point in time where you are right now. It's that are you taking the steps that you need to to be living a life in alignment with this? And some examples of things that you might be able to do in this category are read more books that are helping to educate you in this. Um, again, I'd say this ties in really closely with social health. So, you know, being open and vulnerable with people so that you have that support there, because I think with support also comes resilience as well. Um, and then it might be, uh, again, things like um, reaching out to psychologists or reading psychology books or uh, things like that, that will help you improve your self-awareness and I would say a really important part of emotional and mental health is 
contrary to social health, spending time alone. I think it's really important that we have time to reflect and it's really hard to reflect if you are constantly either consuming content, so you're on social media 24-7, or you're consuming um, busyness in life. So you're always working or you're always um, you know, doing chores or doing whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and that's why, you know, mental health and emotional health and even social health do have such a big component in the field program because what I found when it comes to particularly nutrition, and I guess that's where I sort of, obviously that's my expertise, is that if we're not addressing the emotional health, the mental health and the social health, that it's really hard to address the physical health and specifically the nutrition because everything underlies that you can't just come in and be like oh yeah we're going to change everything about the way that you eat and it's all going to be fine it does not work like that like nutrition has like roots in everything else that's a whole podcast for another time okay so the next one is physical health and this is probably the most I guess well understood um, one but I'm going to again challenge you on a few things here is that physical health does not mean how you look it's got nothing to do with your body shape or size Physical health, I would say, is more in relation to you. um, I think moving your body is a really important one here. And when I say moving your body, I don't mean running or lifting weights or whatever it is like doing HIIT or F45. It's about finding a way to move your body that is purposeful for you. So it doesn't have to be anything that anyone else does. It might be dancing. It might be I was trying to think something really abstract then, but I've got nothing. Um, You know, whatever it is, it it doesn't matter what the actual activity it is. As long as you're doing some form of movement, which is ideally increasing your heart rate slightly um, and also ideally including some form of resistance. So be that resistance from your own body weight or be that resistance from external weight. So something like... um, Something like yoga is obviously resistance from your own body weight. The other things that fall into physical health, again, obviously nutrition falls in there. And again, I'm going to say it a million times over, like I have in every episode, I swear, is nutrition is not about being perfect. It's not about never eating sugar. It's not about, I swear, if you haven't got this drilled into you by now, like, don't worry, it's going to keep coming. Um, But it's not about being perfect. So it's about overall having a relatively healthy diet. And what does that mean? Honestly, the core here is fruits and vegetables, having more fruit and vegetables. Now, if you are somebody who is like already queen of fruit and veg, you don't need to have more. Um, But for the most part of our population, we could do with having some more fruit and vegetables. So that is probably one of the sort of key components to nutrition where we can improve our nutrition is eating more fruits and vegetables. And I'm also going to add in there whole grains and like healthy fats like avocado and extra virgin olive oil or nuts and seeds. Physical health also does include those more number markers. So things like your blood sugar and your blood pressure. But with that, like I said, spoke about in the weight and the BMI episode, they're not something that you directly have. I think I spoke about in that episode, blood pressure uh, and blood sugar and heart rate and whatever number it is that you want to do. You don't actually get control of that number. You don't get to sit down and go, all right, if I eat this or if I move in this way, it means my heart rate's going to do this or my blood pressure is going to do this. Like it, you might have an approximate 
sort of thing that you think it might do, but you can't directly control it, just like you can't directly control your weight. And so where I think it becomes more beneficial to focus on is focusing on the behaviors that contribute to good outcomes in that. So it's not necessarily achieving the outcome. It's about what are the behaviors that lead to a positive outcome, regardless of whether you achieve that outcome or not. So when it comes to then defining your own version of physical health, what I'd like you to do here is to think about the ways that moving your body might feel good for you or might um, fit in with you and your life. So like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be running. It could be swimming. It could be aqua aerobics, you know, (laughs) so many different things. Um, And then the same applies for nutrition. So for example, I think that something that we do really need to apply in this is you know, our cultural, um, and and this is where maybe spiritual um, health does play a role as well, but like our cultural orientation does play a, um, you know, important role in our health and well-being. And there's no point in fitting in this standard of like healthy eating that doesn't suit you. And the example I'll give of this is, for example, you know, if we're out promoting a healthy Mediterranean diet and saying that's what everybody should eat is this Mediterranean style diet, that's all well and good, but like, what about somebody who is from the Pacific Islands or what about somebody who is from Pakistan or India? They might have a very different version of what a healthy diet looks like for them and forcing them to follow a Mediterranean style diet might not actually necessarily be the best thing for their health and well-being. They might be able to find culturally appropriate ways to engage in healthy eating behaviors without having to change the cultural basis of their diet. So I think that sitting down and thinking about when you are thinking about your physical health, what does that look like? And when I say look like, I don't mean physically look like. I'm going to touch on that again, is that if we're thinking about physical health, diet culture has told us so much about the way that health looks. And what I really want you to take home from this episode, as well as you know these pillars, is that physical health and and health in general sorry not even physical health it's so different for every single person and you can a hundred percent be healthy regardless of what your shape is what your size is what your culture is what your diagnoses are there is so many ways that you can engage with health. And what my, I guess, encourage you to do is to take the time and to think about how you can do that and how you can make this work for you because otherwise you're literally pushing shit uphill and that in itself is unhealthy. If we think about the effects that chronic stress and pressure has on our body and on our health and on our mortality and on our cardiovascular system, it's significant. So if we are trying to shove everybody into this one way of being healthy, I think that we are really uh, being really detrimental to the health of the world and the, the community and the individual. So I encourage you to take that time to sort of think about that. The last pillar, though, is environmental health. Now, environmental health, I guess, sort of encompasses a lot of things, um, obviously, about the environment. So it might be things relating to, um, obviously, the health of the planet. So it might be things like chemical and biological factors, it, um, regarding our like built environment as well. So the physical community that we live in um, and whether we have you know, access to 
pathways and those sorts of things that make it easy for us to go on walks and um, yet so many different aspects that play into that, including even things like clean water and good hygiene and um, access to running water and electricity. So, so many different factors play into that. But one of the things that I think that we probably have, I guess, control over in this, because there is some elements of this that may be out of our control. And this is, I guess, as well with the financial um, health, which I'm not going to touch on, but there's going to be some aspects actually in all of these that are out of our control. But what we can think about with environmental health when we're trying to define health for us is how do we want to engage with health in with the health of the environment? So what things are in our control? Like what are the things that we can change or do that are going to make our environment a better place? Now, these things might be as simple as starting recycling or even things like spending less time on your phone, I would say play a role in environment health because your environment is everything that you are sort of engaging in. Um, it might be moving suburbs. It might be, you know, engaging in community programs that are beneficial for the environment. There's so many different ways that you can sort of think about environmental health. The other thing with environmental health is that although you might not be able to have an impact on the environmental health in a really direct manner, you might be able to have an impact on the environmental health in an indirect manner through supporting organizations and charities that do contribute to, for example, providing clean water and sanitation and um, those sorts of things to other countries or other areas that may not have access to those sorts of things. So that is a way that you can, I guess, have an impact in there. And I think it is something that we should consider um, because ultimately if we're living on a planet that is unhealthy if we're living on a planet that is you know experiencing global warming if we're living on a planet that we are getting you know exposure to radiation or you know all of these different things that we could potentially see happening then we are not going to be healthy as individuals so i think we do need to consider that i think i said that enough times so that's, I guess, the top four pillars in terms of things that I want you to think about today. Now, as I said, I'm going to add into that financial health. So that being your financial health and well-being, um, your access to money, your ability to, um, I guess, have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Literacy, sorry, <laughs> literacy is the word. So financial literacy. Um, and then also spiritual health does play a really large role. And spiritual health is not um, I guess solely defined by religion. I don't think, um, and again, this might just be my personal definition, but spiritual health, religion is a form of spiritual health. I think you can be spiritual without being religious if that's your vibe, or you can also be religious. But I guess it's believing that, I'm going to butcher this, I believe that spiritual health is about believing that there is, I guess, a higher power, that there is something that is, I don't know how I'm going to describe this that there is something at work that you can trust in. Yeah, I think that's how I want to describe it. So for me, like I, I wouldn't even consider myself somebody who's relatively spiritual, but I am definitely somebody who's like, things will work out. Like it will, regardless of what happens, we'll get through, things will work out. I trust, like I trust. And I don't know who I trust or what I trust, but I just trust that whatever happens, it's okay. And to me, that is my version of spiritual health. It's 
being able to just trust that uh, trust and surrender are probably the two words I'd use there. It's just like, you know what, we'll get through this. Um, and when things are going well, it's like trusting that they're going well for a reason. Like, and again, that's not taking away accountability from myself. Um, they might be going well because I've made them go well. Um, but knowing that there is, I guess, I guess a reason for purpose. Um, maybe that's the right word. Anyway, I feel like I've ended this podcast in a area that is not my expertise. So I'm going to stop right here and right now. But hope that you've um, been able to jot down a few points from that episode and start to think about your, I guess, relationship with health and how you want to define health going forward. Now, I would suggest actually spending some time and thinking about this because it may change the types of things that you spend your money on in health. It may change the way that you think about health. Um, it may change the people who are dictating, you know, what you're listening to in, in the health space. So um, really encourage you to um, take your time and have a think through that. And also remember that you're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to change your opinion whenever you want. Like if you decide tomorrow that your definition of health is completely different or you hear something from somebody else and you're like, no, that fits for me. That's also fine. Um, but just being knowing that you're being true to yourself, I think is really important there as well. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Hope you've enjoyed. As always, please um, tag me on social media if you enjoyed this episode, if you want to take a screenshot and share it. And if you are looking for a program and approach that is going to help you fit with your definition of health, I am going to direct you to my incredible program, Fueled by Marika Day. That's fueled with a double L. We are launching very, very, very soon. And in Fueled, one of the core purposes for me is, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, is really about helping you find a version of health that works for you. So we include so many different, you know, delicious, healthy recipes that suit different lifestyles. We include so many different uh, mini courses that educate you on areas of nutrition and health so that you are empowered with knowledge to then go out and be able to make these healthy choices in your life. And we obviously are going to have the most amazing community you will ever find. I'm quoting that. <laughs> so if you want to find out more, we are launching, as I said, very, very soon. And we have a sign up where you are going to get a very, very epic deal that is going to give you. I can't say much more now, but go to fueledbymarikaday.com and enter your email address and I will be in contact. Um, yes, that's all I can say right now. But Fueled by Marika Day with a double L in the Fueled. And I will chat to you guys next week.